With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stone. Cold. Locks. Give me a hell yeah! I am out tomorrow. It is the Disney weekend with the family. Very much looking forward to that. Well, I wasn't going to leave this week without delivering my stone cold locks. And I love this buffet of games that I am about to serve up to you. Two games in college, five in the NFL. Let's review how we did last week. Three, three, and one. Perfectly average, but still good enough to keep my against the spread record at 63%. I saw this come in on the text line earlier at 50857. That BK's picks are average. No, 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 sir. 50% is average, and I'm 13 percentage points higher than that. 23, 15, and 3 on the year. Let's go. We'll start with a nooner. Penn State plus 4.5 at Ohio State. I'm just not sure how good this Ohio State team actually is this year. They've played one solid opponent, which they probably would have lost to had Notre Dame decided they wanted to play 11 guys on defense at the end of the game. That home field advantage is legit. That does frighten me a bit, but I still feel like the better team might be the underdog in this situation. Penn State's defense is tremendous. They've allowed just 2.1 yards per carry this season, and Ohio State's attack really starts with the ground game. And Ohio State's got issues that they're dealing with, injuries to wide receivers. Also, Penn State unbeaten against the spread this season. And this, in this rivalry in particular, Ohio State has only covered the spread against Penn State one time in their last five tries. This is a Nittany Lions play all day, plus four and a half. Lock it up. I'm going uh, here. You might want to sit down for this one, Tyler. UCF plus 19 against Oklahoma. (laughs) He falls out of his chair. They get out of here. He's leaving the studio. What's going on? Get back here. I know it's gross, right? But hear me out. UCF has done nothing to prove that they can win this football game, but that doesn't mean they can't cover. This is a massive spread. Let's not forget, they were two-point favorites on the road against Kansas. The wise guys believe in this team for a reason. Of course, things went sideways in that game. They also dealt with an injury to John Rice Plumley. How ready was Timmy McLean for that spot? And they were coming off of that really bad loss to Baylor. This just feels like a massive overcorrect, and it's it does it's very easy to wrap your head around the idea that Oklahoma might come in slightly overvalued here. They just had one of their biggest wins for their program in the last several years against Texas. Plumley is back; he's healthy. That should help stabilize the offense. And let's not forget this too: Gus Malzahn knows what he's going up against. Dylan Gabriel was his quarterback briefly. Advantage UCF in the coaching department. The All the hype is on Oklahoma. Those are usually teams that you want to fade. Uh, this is a bloated number. UCF plus 19. Lock it up. 
I'm going uh, Commanders minus two and a half against the New York Giants. And before you tell me that I'm just copying Raheem Palmer, Tyler, I will tell you that that's exactly what I'm doing. The man knows what he's talking about. The Giants covered on Sunday Night Football. Now everybody loves them again. This team stinks. And they're, they're going up against a team that is playing really well right now. The Giants themselves are signing guys off the street to play on that offensive line. They just signed two linemen to play for them, one off the Eagles practice squad and another off the Falcons practice squad. The Commanders have a really good D-line. They're going to dominate the trenches in this one. The Giants just can't score with Washington. I'm going to go Commanders minus two and a half. Lock it up. Lions plus three at Baltimore. The wise guys, they're going to be all over Baltimore here, and I think they are dead wrong. First of all, this team is making their way back from London. That's problematic. Even if the Jags were able to overcome that a week ago, that doesn't mean the Ravens are going to be able to do that. They're not as good as their record tells you that they are. I think the Ravens are way too respected in the market right now. They've benefited greatly from playing against injured or non-effective quarterbacks all year. Think about this run for the Ravens. This is every game they've played this year. C.J. Stroud in his first NFL start. Joe Burrow while he was still injured with that calf injury. Gardner Minshew, who's terrible. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who was given one day to prepare because Deshaun Watson woke up one morning and decided he didn't want to play. They lost to Kenny Pickett. And then they played against Malik Willis in London. The Lions are legitimately one of the best teams in football and should probably even be favored in this matchup. I'll happily take them plus three. Lock it up. Falcons plus two and a half at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm selling all of my Buck stock hard and fast. I cannot believe they duped me a week ago. I think they got exposed against Detroit, and I'm sure that uh, you know the Falcons are going to come to play in this one, divisional rivalry. I just don't think the, don't think the Bucks can really correct their problems in one week's time. How's this for a trend? Todd Bowles off of a loss as the coach of the Bucks, one and eight against the spread. What does that mean? He doesn't rally his team after they lose. That's what that stat tells me. I think they drop another one, but I'll take the points. Falcons plus two and a half. Lock it up. Chargers plus five and a half at the Kansas City Chiefs. I locked this one in while I was watching Sunday Night Football as the Chargers were playing the Cowboys when this line came out. This has bet of the year potential for me. The Chargers are mystifying in their ability to blow games. I don't deny that. But almost as consistent as they are with not closing out games or making good decisions in key moments is how consistent they are when it comes to just playing in close games. The Chargers have only lost by six or more three times since the start of last year. They haven't lost by more than three once this season. They were built with the specific intent of going toe-to-toe with this Chiefs team, which they do every single time they play. Chargers plus five and a half. Lock it up. And my last one, and this is the beauty of doing this on a Thursday, this one's for tonight's game. Jags, Saints, under 40 points. A rare Thursday night football lock and a rare bet on a total, which I usually don't dip my toe in. This one is just too good to pass up. Not only do you have two of the best defenses in the NFL, you also have history on your side with this under. And for the record, I do not care 
that Trevor Lawrence is playing. This is this does not deter my interest in taking the under here. Thursday night football totals of 40 or less hit the under 76% of the time, dating back to 2006. That's a huge sample size. The Saints alone are 6-0 and this year. Their team is 6-0 and to the under this year. And if you go back even longer than that, they've gone under 15 of their last 16 games. This game's on Amazon Prime, which means it screams ugly. I'm taking the under tonight. Lock it up. Those are your Stone Cold Locks of the Week. Oh, man. I need a break. What do you think? Yeah. You you, you do less talky. I do talking now. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Penn State plus four and a half at Ohio State. No problem with that. I've been high on the Nitty Lions all year. I w- if this game was at Penn State, I'm curious what this spread would be. Um, obviously, yeah. when it comes to college football and home versus away, that absolutely has a huge impact on the spread. Would Penn State be favored if they were at home? So in Not- in the NFL, the conventional wisdom is that home field advantage is worth three points. In college football, and, and we're talking about the upper echelon environments, it would have to be worth four and a half. I think it would be a pick em. Yeah, I, I think it would be just that, out of yeah. a pick em. Uh Yeah, no, no problem here. Two teams that have proven that they uh, can play in close games, pick out big wins over the years. So I think uh, Penn State is better right now. I, think I so worry too. a little bit about a young quarterback going into that environment, but if he can go overcome that, I, Ohio State's going to struggle on offense. Ryan Day has already won his close game versus a top 10 opponent this year. He can't do it again. Yeah, even playing at with home. fire. UCF plus 19. Yeah, talk to me about this. Man, I, I really wish... This line's I, actually moved. I locked it in at plus nineteen, say, but it's, it's at it's moved to plus seventeen and a half. So clearly, there's some sharp money on UCF <laughs> for the line to move like that. Listen, I love I want the familiarity. It. I love the Dylan Gabriel factor, and if Plumley is, I'm banking on Plumley being back to his old self. If that's the case, UCF can score enough points to where they just don't lose. By 19 points. That's I all want it to be true, but I, just, I can't back it. I can't support it. If I had to pick a bet here, it would be Oklahoma. Yes, it, Gus Malzahn and the Dylan Gabriel connection and Dylan Gabriel's connection to UCF. Uh, Dylan Gabriel was Gus Malzahn's quarterback for three games before he got hurt, and then he sat his happy butt on the bench the rest of the season and said, yeah, I'm going to go Big 12 SEC. Y'all have fun out there. That's essentially what Dylan Gabriel did, which, again, I respect, and you should too, if you're a salty UCF fan towards Dylan Gabriel. That's number one. This Oklahoma team is not strangers to putting it to their opponents. They, uh, you mentioned they're, be- they cu- they're coming off a win versus Texas. Huge win for Oklahoma. They beat Iowa State by 30 points at home three weeks ago now. Um, beat Tulsa on the road, 66-17. SMU did cover this spread earlier in the season. They, Oklahoma only beat SMU 28-11. to I don't think UCF is capable of doing it. There's Again, Dylan Gabriel was Gus Mazan's quarterback for three games. There might be a handful of players left on this roster now that were on that UCF roster back then. I don't think there's this big advantage of, ah, he used to be our quarterback. That makes for a good story. Yeah. An extra added hidden element to the game. But when it comes to the actual game plan and result, I can't. I can't give you anything. Uh, there. I need this UCF defense to to liven up because they're trying to show Dylan Gabriel something. However many of you are left that went that went to school with Dylan Gabriel, I like the fact that 
UCF had an extra week to prepare for this game. And when you dig back, I did a little bit of this. When you dig back, let me actually try and find this because the stat is really, really telling. Gus Malzahn, and I crap on him all the time, but Gus Malzahn with extra time to prepare has been uh, actually a pretty excellent coach against the spread. Gus Malzahn, here it is. Gus Malzahn is 12-4 and against the spread with 10 or more days to prepare for an opponent, covering by an average of 9.5 points per game. That's in his all-time head coaching? That's all-time. Yeah, I mean, he's had better teams than this UCF team. That's frankly, part of the problem. No, no doubt about it. So that's where right now I, I, I can't back them. The one good thing here, I think, about <laughs> Oklahoma's rushing attack can go one of two ways. So we saw with Kansas going into it, you, the, what you asked me was, who are their running backs? What do they do? And I hit you with two guys that average over six and a half yards per carry. Yeah. That's o- when I should have known Hammer Kansas. Oklahoma. They don't have those guys. Doesn't have. They have a very balanced attack between four backs. Um, none of them. The highest average yard per carry is 4.8. Oh, that's Dylan Gabriel. Excuse me. So outside of that. <laughs> really is, a three, it's a really it's like a three, three-headed yeah, monster. I, I saw. I, I mix in Gabriel. 239 rushing yards for their leading rusher. Now either two twenty six, two oh eight, right behind him though. But but that's but Dylan Gabriel's the part of the part of that. He's the two oh eight. Either this is the reason why UCF can cover is what you're talking about here, or those guys are about to double their stats in you one game. You drilled it. They're gonna be, they're gonna dive into be wanting one of the top twenty rushers in college football after UCF is like the fourth worst rush defense right now, statistically. Yeah. They they were one twenty one of 130, and I think after the bye week, they might have gone down. So I think I saw a report that they are actually now the fourth worst rushing defense. Um, yeah, it, it, just like with all these matchups, it comes down to the trenches. And UCF has been exploited in all of them. And I've seen the UCF rushing numbers, and hey, we still are a great rushing team. The offensive line is on the award watch. Stop it. I su- I'm a supporter. I really am. I hope to see the best, but... Now, uh, I'll route through. Love your commanders. I am the president of the Sam Howell fan club right now. <laughs> That's true. Love that. The Lions in Baltimore, we can talk about a good bet, bad bet. This game is so interesting to me because yeah, I think the Lions jumped so far, and, and rightfully so. One loss on the year in overtime on the road. Uh, re- they're very close to being an undefeated team. I just don't think that they're the best team in the NFL, which is what Stephen A. had him on his A-list. Oh, I think, don't get me wrong, I think the, the Lions are being overrated. This this is overrate yeah. the Lions week, and that, that can be frightening, but the Ravens are overrated too. I, I, no, and I and it's I two get it. overrated teams going up against I, I each other. I do get it. That's and the what, Lions are less overrated. That's what, as a uh, better and appreciator... How the hell is the number one team three-point dogs versus Baltimore? I don't get yeah. it. It doesn't make sense to me. I think I'm staying away completely. I think I already said that the Ravens are going to win this game. Um, they already have a home loss. I think the AFC North is one of the hardest divisions when it comes to home field advantage. We've seen some kind of wonky stuff happen in all of those games. They're always ugly dog fights. Uh, I, I think I'm staying away from that game. The Falcons are awful on offense. I've said it all year. I'll continue to say it. They don't know how to use what they have. The Bucks rebound there. Chargers, Chiefs. I saw this stat that uh, Justin Herbert has thrown more fourth quarter. Justin Herbert has this perception of he he's sparked a lot of comebacks in the fourth quarter and why they played in so many games. He has thrown more interceptions since 2020 in the fourth quarter than any other quarterback in the NFL. Wow. 
And it's by yeah, like I good. think the second closest was like five, like five off. I, I, I can I can pull it up here. It, it was his number was maybe I can't pull it up here. I love when you think you have something you just don't. I think his number was he's thrown like fourteen fourth quarter interceptions in that span, and the next closest was nine of any starting quarterback since twenty twenty. So oh, they blow games. This yeah. is the this is the differential in their last eight losses. Three, three, two, one, three. They keep it seven, close. six, three. The diff masters of that those eight. They wouldn't have covered against the Chiefs two times. So I'm just playing the numbers here, and then the under tonight. I, I'm I'm with you, and that's that's terrible for a watch <laughs> watch party. Hey night. guys, come and watch the game with us. I got the under. <laughs> come on, BK. <laughs> Will our table have more beers? then there are points scored in this game is a good question to ask. I really hope I hit that because I never bet totals. And then if I don't hit that tonight, I'm going to be kicking myself because I just, I never take totals, but maybe I'm missing the boat. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm at the party too late, but I just really hope there's room for one more. Come in, keg stand, give me my money. Let me get out of here. All right. I, this, it's a low line. If it was a it low. if it was in the 30s, I would I would say easy over. But since it's at 40, I also did some deep diving. And did you know your Jacksonville defense that you called the best in the AFC yesterday is far from the best defense in the AFC? Did a deep dive. Okay. Wrote, a, wrote a blog about it yesterday. I don't have the blog up in front of me here. When we come back, we can revisit it. And I, I would like give to you, do that. Let's do it when we come back from okay. this break. Good bet, bad bet after this. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.